This is the Day Zero Update for December 8th, 2019. I'm Philip Ogunolfo. I'm Patrick Mithlin. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Teresa Sammons. And Chris Sologi will be joining us uh, here shortly. Uh, so it's been uh, an interesting week, uh, to say the least. Uh, mm-hmm. The anniversary of the PlayStation, well, the Japanese launch anyway, uh, mm-hmm. happened this week. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of news outlets decided to, that that was a thing that they needed to cover, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about it as well at the end of the at the end of the show because you know it is a, a very significant event in the gaming industry, and mm-hmm. it's something that it, it kind of changed the face of everything <laughs> up to that point. Yep. So it is significant. Uh, Apart from that, well, yeah, we got uh, releases coming up. We got cancellations. We got strange things. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to all of that interesting and fun stuff, uh, we got stuff to talk about as far as what we've been playing this week. And for me, well, yeah, it shouldn't be as much as a surprise to anybody by now that it's I'm still playing PC Building Simulator. Uh-huh. Uh, now I'm... Uh, I decided that uh, my office PC needed uh, a little bit of uh, attention since I hadn't really done anything with it. Uh, uh, so it's now a uh, Ryzen Threadripper 1950X, 128 gigs of RAM, an RTX 2080 Ti, liquid cooled. Just because I can. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm waiting for another RTX 2080 Ti to show up on PC basic and uh, run two of those. So it's just. <laughs> And get uh, try to get that twenty thousand score in three D mark. Yeah, so I'm making my own fun uh, basically and getting some achievements along the way. Uh, one of them was uh, I think only like Teresa would probably appreciate this one. Uh, it's called Stop It, and it basically involves making a PC with the maximum amount of RAM on it, uh, an SLI setup. Uh, RGB fans, an all-in-one liquid cooler, a nice full tower case, and using a Celeron. Nah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because that's apparently a thing it can do, and I did. And boy, that's the uh, performance really tank when you put a, a Celeron <laughs> on a system like that. <laughs> it's like the $200 car with the $5,000 rims and sound system. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun stuff that you could do in that game. It's, it's, it's great. So it's it's on my list of uh, games this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I... Well, I might write up a review on it. Uh, I said I was going to, but I think I've talked about it so much in the past few months that I probably don't really need to. So... <laughs> Yeah, we'll go from there. And apart from that, well, I started playing Diablo 3 again, because that's actually a, still a lot of fun. Um, the console version, to me, I think is better than the PC version. Because, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, I think it's because of the direct control. I just find that to be a lot more pleasant to play. So, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, that's kind of been it for me. How about you, Pat? Uh, just all of the fighting games, really. Just still going through my folder on my PS4 and... Um, Seeing what sticks, I'm definitely going to want to uh, go online with them here pretty soon. But it just feels nice getting a getting a feel for the genre again, and um, you know, getting my old instincts back. But do, do you find it hard to go from one game to another, uh, and just like finding the way different games kind of feel differently? 
Uh, not really, but then I've been doing it for like going on 30 years now, so um, going from game to game isn't really a big um, a big issue for me. It's more like um, finding games and characters that really um, that really stick with me mm-hmm. instead of just um, you know playing them smorgasbord style and you know not really really getting into them so um i don't know i i'm still enjoying mortal kombat 11 uh tekken 7 had a really good presentation at the end of um tekken world tour um this morning so i'm probably going to be getting back into that pretty soon um and obviously samurai showdown is just appeals to everything that i value as a fighting gamer yeah so we'll see how it goes. I um and if any of you guys want to play anything, I'm definitely um I'm definitely interested. Alright. Get some games in. Mm-hmm. That's been my week. Alright. Uh well as for me, um up until last night I was playing Titanfall two. Uh Titanfall two of course is if you're on PSN, it's the most uh it's one of the two free games you can get right now and Actually, to be honest, it's the only one of the two games out right now that are free that is worth playing. Yeah. Because the other one is the official Monster Sports game, and... Supercross. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a thing that exists. <laughs> no, the trailer um, makes it look alright. Hmm. Yeah, no, I watched Jim Sterling do his review of it, and it is Ugh, awful. <laughs> You would think the one thing that you would absolutely want to make sure is solid in a game, in a in a in a motorcycle game, is that you can actually control the freaking motorcycle effectively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Titanfall two, uh, definitely play it. Um, that campaign it is far too short, but damn, it is amazing when you're playing it. Um, absolutely one of the best uh, single-player campaigns you can play in really any first-person shooter. Hmm. Um, like, I legit put it up there with, like, Half-Life and the first Prey and, like, that, those, they're all good. Hmm. Um, and there are parts of that game that, you know, it, I, that just leaves me struck dumb with admiration uh, there is so like one of the things towards the middle of the game is um, you know you're playing Jack who's the pilot and of course there's BT who's his Titan you know the big mech suit um, and there's a part where he goes into a I'm guessing it's like a it's a laboratory or like an experimental facility that the uh, IPC owns um, and you find out that they're doing these uh, experiments. They're creating what's called a fold weapon, which is something that can be used to, like, fold space and time. And at the beginning of the level, you pick up this mechanism that essentially lets you sort of blip in and out between the past of, like, I guess was like a two or three days forehead and then the present. And... It is amazing the way that they designed it because, for one thing, you know, you go in there in the present and really the only thing in there that can attack you are like the uh, 
the security bots who are really heavily damaged, so for all intents and purposes, it's a robot zombie horde. But there's also like the um crap, I forgot what they're called, but they're like the the native predators that are on there. Um I cannot for the life of me remember what they're called, but the thing is, um if you blip back into, you know, when everything is still fine and they still have personnel and everything there, the soldiers actually react to the fact that you're literally like zipping in and out of existence to kill them. Like you'll zip in and out and you'll hear them talking on the intercoms. It's like, no, man, he just keeps phasing in and out and he's slaughtering every one of us. And then if you actually like, like manage to shoot the soldiers there and then come back to the present, their bodies are still there. Like when they, even when they weren't there before, they're still there. So yeah. Um, and yeah, there's like a whole section where you have to like fall down like this uh this cavern and it's like parts of it are like still on fire in the present. So you have to blip back into the past to get past the fire, but then you have to blip back to the present again because there'll be like a grating there that'll have like fallen through and the pre- it's just it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it controls so well, too, when you consider how insane the whole mechanics are. Bam. Other than that, um, I have been playing Apex Legends, and uh, I've learned a couple things about myself this week, which is, one, uh, I, li- I really like playing Apex, Apex Legends, and two, I really suck at Apex Legends. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, I suck at Battle Royale games in general, but Apex Legends in particular are really, really difficult. Um, Especially when it's like you and your squad accidentally just land right into the middle of an ambush. Like, that's... That's no fun. (laughs) Ah, no. Um, It also sucks when it takes you a while to actually find a gun. Like, have you, have you ever encountered like that where it's like the other two people in your squad are like really greedy and are taking up everything so you basically don't get shit? It happens, yep. Yep, that happened to me just last night, in fact. That's um, annoying. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, hope I get to play a new map at some point. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, Teresa, what about you? Um, I've been playing, uh, Civ 6. Um, you know, it, the, the itch struck, so, uh, I did, and, uh, god damn, it's just so annoying that it takes so long. I should just start playing it on Epic Speed or something, I don't know. Um, so I did that for a little bit, and, uh, got tired of hearing my laptop sound like it was a freaking jet engine trying to take off. I know, I gotta dial down the, uh the graphics settings a bit, I think. Hmm. Um, Civ 6, it's not the graphics that are the problem. No, Civ it really is Civ 6 is CPU. It's, yep, it's calculations hmm. all the way. All the way. Hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I think that this laptop is starting to show its age a little bit, too. <laughs> um, you know, it takes a while, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, other than that, I've been playing um, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu because I didn't play it at all when I bought it. And I thought that that was something that needed to be rectified. And um, I also had Pokemon Shield for a little while. Uh, We'd borrowed it from the library. And um, that didn't last for long. Uh, Kid said he didn't like it that much, but then I caught him playing it again. (laughs) I liked it a lot. And Dan Reb just did uh, his review on it. So it's on Mm smashpad.com. And uh, I agree with what he's saying. I was uh, really pretty pissed off when I had to turn it back in yesterday morning. (laughs) So (laughs) um, Copy might find its way into the household, I guess. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe at Christmas time it does. Mm. Um, so in the meantime, I'll, I'll just be satisfied with, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. And I swear to God, I'm really bad at catching these Pokemon and I'm about ready to hit my head with the controller. Like I need to be wearing a hat while I'm playing this. (laughs) So, uh, not the most coordinated person apparently, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a nice, uh, trip back to the Kanto region. But um, that's really about all I've been playing um, for now. <laughs> for now. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Chris hasn't joined us yet. So I uh, guess we'll just keep on going until he gets here. Uh, so for now, uh, let's get on to our news stories. And uh, first one is a bit weird uh, and also just kind of a symptom of the state of things in the gaming industry these days. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, if you're... If you're on Steam, you might notice that Tron Evolution is no longer available there. Yep. Uh, but if you had happened to buy it, uh, you could still download it. Well, lately, uh, some people have kind of discovered that you know they wanted to play the game, they installed it, and they couldn't activate it because the activation servers no longer exist. Yep. Uh, so this is where we're at as far as uh, you know game ownership goes. Uh, things get delisted. Uh, even if you own it, it's no guarantee that you're actually going to be able to play it. Yep. And Disney has been made aware of the issue, and uh, they say, yeah, we'll probably look into it, maybe. I don't know. Sometime next week. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not going to be a huge priority for them, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for those people who wanted to play Tron Evolution, um, piracy. That's that's a good way of going about it because uh, yeah. apparently if you're a pirate, it's the only way of going about it now. Yeah, <laughs> on PC anyway, uh, unless you like grab a copy on the Xbox 360 or PS3, you know, if you happen to have that. But if you wanted to play it on PC, then chances are you wanted to play it on PC because <laughs> you bought it on PC and you'd like to be able to, you know, play the games that you bought. But mm-hmm. that's that's uh, becoming uh, a lot a rare thing these days. <laughs> With a lot of these games shutting down, we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's weird when pirates actually have a uh, like bigger sense of ownership than people who actually buy the game. Yep, it's true. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, who didn't see that one coming? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, for uh, all of the the delisted stuff on the. Uh, on the various consoles and Steam, you know, your only option now is to get a pirated version or try to, in some cases, try to track down a disc on eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, like, you know, if it's a PC game, it might still have activation that you can't do. So, 
Yeah, you're, you're kind of screwed as far as that goes. And even if, um, you know, even if you can find them on eBay, news getting out about this is only going to drive the price up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, you know, hopefully Disney will do the right thing and actually, like, just remove the, the activation check, which, you know, would take one of their programmers 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, they could just use the crack, which already exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although they would have to disclose that they did that because uh, Remedy got into a bit of a... Uh, <laughs> I did to a bit of hot water for doing that with for the Max Payne games on Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that was great. Uh, so we let's get on to some games dying. Uh, Gwent for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, CD Projekt Red is uh, you know ditching support for that game. Yeah, well they're fixing to go all in on Cyberpunk. So yeah, well what I think happened here is I just looked at who was playing it and realized that a lot of people who were playing Gwent on the PS4 were just playing it inside of the Witcher 3 anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's it, true. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to just keep the PS4 and Xbox One uh, clients running for uh, what amounted to a very small uh, audience. Uh, you know, the on PC and mobile uh, seems to be a lot more successful. So that's where they're going to mm-hmm. just keep those two going. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, it's it's a better interface for playing that type of game anyway. Um, yep. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's going away over the summer. Yay. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, unlike what we just talked about as far as, uh, you know, games ownership going. Well, this was a free-to-play game, so that's, you know, <laughs> you're, you're basically at uh, the developer's mercy anyway. Uh, and uh, two, well, it still exists on PC and mobile, so it's not as if it's completely going away. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, if you want to play that kind of game, there's always Thronebreaker, which still exists on the PS4. So there's that. Uh, and of course, Bethesda, uh, Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, their take on the whole uh, collectible card battling game uh, is going away as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one's just uh, yeah. straight up just going away. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Uh, the weird thing about this is that, uh, if you remember, they're promising they're bringing it to consoles. Yeah. At last E3, and that's not happening. No, it was it was E3 2018. Mysteriously, didn't mention it in 2019. Uh, other than maybe mentioning, I think Elder Scroll. No, was it Blades that come to Switch? Yeah, they talked about Blades a lot this year. Yeah, and so yeah, they're not obviously not going to be doing that now. Uh. I don't know what happened that necessarily they're just like, ah, we're pretty much done with this game. But, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, that was uh, actually I've heard good the, things about the game. Yeah, a rather good version of a card battler. So, um, they're going to keep matchmaking and stuff going until, uh, I think, next year, uh, they seem to say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, it's basically just going to go away after at some point. Yeah. So yeah, those console ports they said were going to be out end of 2018. Yeah, obviously a year later, no mention of it really. Yeah. Since then, that uh, seems like uh, Blades was supposed to come out this fall for Switch, and yeah, has not happened. And with the way I think they're doing like a huge uh, overhaul of that game, uh, definitely going to take out stuff like the timers for opening chests. Yeah. Stuff like that, uh, overhauling the. Uh, monetization, all that too. So, 
Uh, it's going to take a bit longer, I guess, to get it on Switch once they get that stuff done. Yeah, I wonder if the clusterfuck that is Fallout 76 hasn't just kind of uh, woken Bethesda up in some ways where uh, this kind of stuff just, you know, is not really flying anymore. Yeah. In um, games that were kind of all in on it, like Blades and uh, Legends, just kind of being sidelined of something like that, but... It's just a theory, anyway. Yeah, I think they're also just hitting the glut of card games out there. Yeah, because uh, there's Hearthstone, Elder Scrolls Legends, there's uh, Star Gwent. Wars. Uh, what was it? Galactic Heroes. And there's what the Final Fantasy fourteen, or there's one the Final Fantasy one that they're doing. There's like just a ton of them out there. Not to mention, like, the smaller ones, the indie ones. Uh, and then there's lots of them that are just, you know, single-player ones, like Slay the Spire, SteamWorld Quest, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of where the audience is going. Is like, instead of this whole grinding out for cards to get into the meta and all that sort of stuff, just play these single-player ones that don't require money and time as much. Yeah. I think that's, do anything. that's part of it. And, you know, magic has been seeing a resurgence lately. Um, yeah. I wonder if they're losing audience to that too. Oh, boy. And they did, uh, they did launch that. a new online game for magic. So yeah. yeah. Arena. Yeah. And it's doing well. I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that's where that's all going. Yeah. Also the physical, uh, collectible card games are seeing a bit of a resurgence now. seems like people like physical media, apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway. Uh, so let's move on to our next story. And this is one... You're probably going to have to talk a bit more about this, Chris, because uh, like, I haven't played it yet. So I don't know what this yeah. update... Uh, what form it takes. Yeah, so this is Rocket League's new update uh, called the Blueprint Update. Uh, let me see. Trying to see what the... See if they have a link to the the Rocket League uh, page itself. There we go, update notes. That'll explain a little bit more, but uh, the headlines for this is that they are essentially uh, not really getting rid of the the loot crates. They are changing them to what they're calling blueprints, which essentially just shows you the item that you would specifically get out of that. Uh, So you know up front if that's going to be something you're interested in, then you can spend the, uh, the credits on that. And so... Uh, when they put out this update, any keys you had changed to uh, 100 credits each. And if you had decryptors, which were the versions of keys that let you open up crates for free, mm-hmm. uh, but you couldn't trade the item, uh, those changed into these like uh, special gift boxes uh, that dropped an item for you uh, out of like two specific like pools of uh, crates. And so... Uh, with that, the uh, definitely, and they've gotten rid of the storefront in the game itself. So uh, you can no longer buy the car packs that have been like one of the main ways you could support the game for the last uh, four years, four and a half years. Uh, I guess those are going to be essentially things that they will put. So they got like a, a Fortnite style like item shop has like a selection of items that you can buy for the next, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever, whatever it's going to be. Uh, and so that's kind of the main way you're going to get the paid items, I guess. 
I guess on occasion I'll just drop like, here's the Batman car or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also with this update, they gave everybody that did not have it the first three packs, I think it was, uh, of cars, which are all original cars uh, for free, uh, which is more of a thing for, I think, the PS4 and PC people because those were not included in their base versions, whereas I think those were in the Switch and Xbox One versions, I think. Okay. Um, and yeah, so the the items that show up in the blueprints are then priced, I think, mostly based on rarity. And so it's a lot of Diablo stuff with uh, uh, as far as the color coding, with I think like blue being the the lowest. That'll probably be like hundred, um, and it might change depending on the type of item, but I haven't seen uh, enough of them to be able to ascertain like what the how it changes based on the specific item. Hmm. But that also means when you get uh, one of the higher tier items that is not like a car or you know something more interesting, if it's just like an antenna that is – I think the, the top class of items is called black market. If you get like a black market antenna, it could be like 2,000 credits. And you're like, an antenna is not worth two, 20 bucks. <laughs> uh, that's not – how it should work. No. And so, yeah, they need to definitely re uh, jigger these, uh, these prices. Cause you know, cars in the old pack, the old way they were doing it was like three bucks at mm. most for the, for the individual cars might've been like two even. And so now going to that, I think the one car drops I had were like nine bucks essentially, uh, which is not a great uh, price, but these are also cars that you could not get unless you had crates before. And got the lucky drop uh, from them. If you were lucky, like one or two keys maybe. But uh, the other thing that this does is also changes the the trading market. Because there's been sort of a a fan run markets uh, for, you know, any items to trade for keys. Uh, And so this is going to change that a bit. You can still trade credits for stuff. um, But I think prices are probably going to be adjusted because you're going to have to I don't know if people are going to be trading the blueprints or the specific items I don't know how that's going to work because I don't I don't really do the trading stuff that much so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that stuff turns out but it's not going to change that too much but people are definitely not happy with the prices which I definitely think is going to be something they're going to have to work on because uh, I think people would definitely pay for uh, those specific items but Probably not paying you know twenty bucks for uh, minor cosmetic stuff versus like at least like Fortnite you were gonna get like a, a whole suit mm. essentially and you know if people were getting like a, a whole suite of items for twenty bucks I think it would be much more palatable yeah. versus one item for twenty bucks and it's not like a car like a super cool car <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah it's almost like Apex Legends pricing is at yeah. this point uh, and the thing that is uh, weird about this is that it makes the Rocket Pass look like an even better deal, uh, which is their Battle Pass system. So their new one just started the same day uh, that they did this. Uh, I think it was like an hour or two later after the update hit. Um, Ten bucks, essentially, still. Uh, now it's a thousand credits instead of ten keys. Uh, but yeah, you can just keep playing, get all your, get tons of items out of it for that ten bucks, and it still makes makes the, the blueprints look that much uh, more overpriced. Because hmm. it's you know ten bucks, you get potentially up to like a hundred items uh, or more. 
even depending on how much you play it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's definitely uh, is a good update, but has issues that need to be worked out. So, you know, people should not be buying anything out of the blueprints unless it's just something you've been like waiting for so long to get. Yeah. Something that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, the other issue is that when the update hits, like all your crates tra- uh, turned into blueprints, uh, they were not, there's no easy way to open them all. Oof. So you have to go through, and I was just sitting X button over and over again. Okay. Uh, open it, go to the confirmation. All right, move to the next, just keep doing it over and over again. I only had like 80 or so. There are people that have hundreds. I just literally just sit there and keep going through. Okay. Uh, and that's definitely was uh, an annoying thing. Like for me, it was like 20 minutes, nothing really. Uh, but yeah, for people that have hundreds, they really needed to have an open all button Yeah. Uh, there for the launch. I don't know that they necessarily realize people have stacks of crates that because it drops more than you probably have money to spend on that stuff. Because hmm. uh, they'll even drop alongside uh, when I get Rocket Pass stuff. When I level up to the next level, I'll get like, oh, here's here's an item, here's another item. Uh, maybe there's like a free drop that happens whenever you level up. Uh, and then, oh, here's another crate. And it's like, yeah, fuck you, crate. Cause I don't. I just got three other items I can use that I don't have to pay any extra money on. Mm. That sort of thing. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's largely the same as before, just a slightly different way of getting items. Mm. And yeah, I'll be checking out the trading the trading sites, see like how things have changed for them. Yeah. Um, but they also added the ability to archive items, uh, so that. Uh, because the game's been going on for four and a half years now, there's I have lots of multiples of items or alternate colors uh, stuff that I end up uh, just like because I just want to get these stuff that's certified, which means that it has like a specific stat tied to it that as you play, and, like some would be like score goal. So if I get to like twenty, it'll change the name slightly, uh, like a Diablo style hmm. uh, kind of thing. Uh, and so as you keep going, there's you can look at the wiki and see how it changes the names for these different stat uh, uh, certified item stuff. And you can just kind of keep it going that way. So yeah, that's kind of the stuff I focus on because unless there's just something that looks really cool, yeah. which there's some good stuff there. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what this whole update's about. Yeah. It seems like for me, uh, like if they drop the main store, uh, it seems like they're kind of pushing people towards the the battle pass as a way of su- of supporting them, which I guess you no, know, it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say it's the best of the the battle passes out there because hmm. uh, you don't have to invest a ton of time into it, but if you do, uh, you're going to get rewarded in terms of the amount of stuff you get out of it. Hmm. Versus playing, you know, PUBG or Fortnite, which ask a lot of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Fortnite's like, oh, go find these hidden crates in this specific area, and it's like, uh, that's why they're. I get fucking Google notifications <laughs> of like uh, sites that put up their new article, like here's where all these are at. It's like I don't fucking play it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, and it's like Frog League is just you know probably score goals or play in this playlist. That yeah. It's largely ask you just do the same things you've been doing. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to our next item here, and that's a release date. We have 
for uh, Persona 5 Royal. March 31st, 2020 is when you'll be able to get your hands on it on the PS4. Yep. Easy yeah, day. I'll be ha- adding a whole new character to the story. Uh, there's going to be new areas, new stuff you can do. Like a new semester? Yeah. Um, that actually like takes place after the end of the game. So Yeah. So it kind of seems like the golden Persona 4 golden for Persona 5. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically that. Uh, yeah. The the weird thing is all the new versions they're selling for this game. Uh so there's the base version for 60 bucks you can get with a fancy steelbook case. Hmm. Uh and dynamic theme. Uh there's the Phantom Thieves edition for 90 bucks. It comes with a version of Joker's mask with the stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, collector's box, art books, soundtrack, the steelbook, and the dynamic theme. Uh, digital, uh, there is the ultimate edition for ninety nine bucks, which includes the sixty bucks of new DLC that's coming for this. Uh, <laughs> if you get Royal, you get all the the sixty bucks worth of DLC for the original game for free. I don't know if it makes it free for you or if you. Uh, or if it's included on the disc or what. Uh, but yeah, there's the deluxe edition, which is 70 bucks, includes the game and one bundle of DLC for Kasumi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they also announced like there's going to be a Kasumi costume bundle, which is 15 bucks. The battle bundle is 10 bucks. Persona bundle 10 bucks, and the DLC bundle of uh, everything is 60 bucks. That's all here. At Why this. are you doing this again for your definitive edition of this game? Yeah, definitive edition should just be like all of the things. Everything, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, but you got to spend another hundred bucks for all of that yeah. for the ultimate edition. Mm. Uh, so, well, I, I guess if you haven't played the, the original Persona Five a couple of years back, then this you know is yeah appealing, but. Mm. But also say it was ten bucks during Black Friday. Yeah, that was a perfect price for that. Yeah, yeah. It makes this look way overpriced for what they're mm-hmm. adding because mm-hmm. they're not going to offer an expansion yeah. for that version. Yeah, that'd be too it. smart. Mm. Yeah. That'd be too easy. Yeah. Uh, but March thirty first, uh, you also have uh, the Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel three coming out on the Switch. So uh, if you don't have uh, yeah. enough of your JRPGs... Oh, yeah, this, this is a perfect time to join on, what, the 10th game in that series? Yeah, that's a weird... Yeah. Weird like place to start. not having anything else in there. I'm guessing they're going to have... I guess that game probably has a... Here's what you probably missed. Yeah, it uh, actually does. Yeah. I've been played 800 hours of game before this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, they could just, you know... They've got all the older Trails games that are already translating to English. They could just port them over to Switch. But... I suspect that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. in true Falcom fashion, it's going to take a while. Probably. <laughs> Although I mean, the work is mostly done. So, yeah, it's just going to be about getting it to actually run on the Switch. And I guess those older games probably wouldn't have too much problems doing that. I mean, yeah, those older have... games could run on a PSP. So, yeah, yeah. yeah they have them on PSP and Vita. Yeah. So just upgrade them a little bit, which is probably more work than it sounds. Hmm. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, Trails of Cold Steel 3, it's a great game, uh, and it basically ends the same way The Empire Strikes Back ends, <laughs> um, and that it's at sort of the darkest moment, and then just right at the point when the shit hits the fan, mm. so. 
Yay. Uh, now you got to wait for Cold Steel 4. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Mm, so. Although I, I got at least bits and pieces of the story spoiled for me mm. for what happens in Cold Steel 4. Yeah. Um, although it was more or less the stuff I kind of expected to happen. Yeah. Mm. So. Still. Yeah. Nothing major. It's just, okay, look. You've probably played this game at the point, so you'll probably already figure it out. Crossbell does get its independence back. Mm. Just, I mean, let's be, if you've been playing the game up to this point, it's like, yeah, it will. Because, mm. like, even a lot of the top people at in the Empire realized that annexing Crossbell was a bad idea. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So. And you know that um, Cold Steel 4 is going to be eventful just because of how hard they went on the intro. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, and you know, they're bringing the rest of the cast from from the liberal arc into it. So, yeah. In fact, uh, Shahrazad she doesn't actually show up in three, but she gets mentioned a couple times. Because hmm. if you don't know, uh, her and Oliver have a thing going. <laughs> so, a non-functional alcoholic thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. But a thing nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, definitely a thing. Uh, so in other news, we have Nintendo um, deciding that uh, they should pay attention to the uh, Switch Online NES and SNES uh, libraries. Yeah, by pay attention, yes, they, they they decided to add three games to each. Yeah, uh, they added four to the Super Nintendo oh. app: uh, Star Fox Two, Super Punch Out, Kirby Superstar, and Breath of Fire Two. Which means you no longer have any reason to hold a SNES classic. Mm. <laughs> unless you put mm-hmm. more games on there. Yeah, yeah which that's I what I'm saying. Uh, unless you, you know, mm. jailbreak the thing and find a way to, and, you know, add new games to it. Mm. Yeah, uh, for the NES, they added Crystallis mm. and Journey to Cilius. Mm. Oh, that's a great game. Okay. It's also hard as balls. Uh, yeah. Uh, those Crystallis will be out. is an oddity just because SNK doing an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, these will be out December 12th. Mm. So it'll be, what, Thursday? Thursday, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, more people get to play Star Fox 2, so yeah. it'll be good. Yeah, and then find out that, yeah, it's not that great. So, yeah, I said it. Yeah. It's not that great. So you mean it's a sequel to the first game? <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I mean, the good. ideas were there. Uh, and, like, a lot of the, the stuff that uh, they, like, uh, pioneered there ended up yeah. in other Star Fox games. Uh, yeah. But here they were just really rough, and it's, it's clear that they were yeah. trying to do stuff on hardware that really wasn't capable of it. So Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, it was neat stuff that just was not the right hardware for it. Right. No. Uh because the first game runs like five frames per second. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's ten it's in some impressive. places. I mean, it's, it's impressive, okay. but mm. it's also like this is a game you expect people to pay like sixty, seventy bucks for. Yeah, probably more even. Yeah. Um, it's a story. You know, the nineties were on some weird shit. Yes, <laughs> they were. Yeah, yeah, like you look at the, I forget what the race Super FX, the racing game. Stunt race effects. It's not, it's not race effects that. It's like that runs like shit too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was not a good platform for that game, but I don't think Nintendo was just more about showing that like we still got power. Yeah. If we had another chip. <laughs> yeah. To make it more expensive. Hmm. Yeah. 
See, we can do 3D on our system. Mm-hmm. See? Well, both Sega and Nintendo needed extra chips to do that, so, you know. Yeah. And I guess uh, along with this, they put the NES uh, controllers for the Switch on sale until January 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for thirty bucks, which is a much better price for that. For the pair, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Uh, which I assume is because they're going to clearance them out. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. if you want them, get them now. You're probably not going to find them anymore. For the limited limited amount of usability they have. Yeah. It's largely just for the NES games and anything else that is playable with a D pad and two buttons. Hmm. Well, you could use them on a PC. There's that. Um, maybe. Mm. They seem to be largely uh, charged by putting them on the on the system itself. Mm. Uh. I don't know if there's a USB port on them. Mm. Yeah. Somebody will hack, hack something together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Though, if you want NES controllers for your PC, there's probably way easier and cheaper options. Yeah. I mean, 8-bit, though, makes some really good ones. Yeah. yeah. That's... That problem has been solved on the PC. And the cheaper option would be just go for the, uh, like the Super Nintendo controllers. Yeah. I think those are one each, I think. Yeah. Uh, but those are actual set up more like a, a pro controller kind of thing. Yeah. And I assume also use uh, USB. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. Next up here, um, the the good news for Stadia just keeps on coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you were interested in Darksiders Genesis, and I could understand why you would be because it actually looks pretty damn good. Uh, well, uh, if you wanted to play it on Google Stadia, you would be paying 40 bucks instead of 30 uh, For reasons that nobody can understand. Yeah. Uh, that's called THQ Nordic wants money. Uh, they don't care about the health of the platform at all. They want all the money they can fucking get. That's kind of what's think been... Google cares about the health of the platform, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but at least they are there to try to please at least the publishers that are putting their games on there. Yeah. Uh, and publishers get the ability to sort of price it how they want. And some of them just do not give a fuck <laughs> about making them appealing. They just, like, if you want our game, it's 60 bucks. Yeah. Don't care if you're got, if it's on a platform with like thousands of people or mil- instead of millions, like the other platforms. Yeah. We want your 60 bucks. Yeah, We're not this... trying to attract people to our, our games this way. Yeah. It it's seems really... like just a boneheaded thing to do. Uh, yeah. But you know, this, <laughs> I, I, everything that's happened on Stadia so far has just been like, really? Why? Yeah. Just. But, you know, uh, like, this is like I was uh, in a conversation over on the uh, Twit community forums, and it's like, well, are you guys surprised, really? I mean, uh, the Stadia division is being run by Phil Harrison, who's watch it was on when uh, the PlayStation 3 had its disastrous launch uh, mm-hmm. and the Xbox One had its disastrous launch. Yeah. So, you know, apparently he hasn't learned anything. Nope. Mm. The Xbox One was kind of Don Matrick's baby. Well, yeah, he... Don Don Matrick kind of was the face of it, but, you know, yeah. the boardroom is who really has, this, has the sway, so... 
But yeah, that was a whole clusterfuck. The Xbox oh, One. That was that, that was that was, just, oh, that was yeah. a group effort. Yeah, yeah. You have to work yeah, I, really hard to fuck up that badly. I wrote things about the Xbox One after it's revealed that I never thought I was going to say about any major console ever. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, and so moving on, we have some delays. Uh, if you were expecting to play in the Valley of the Gods soon, uh, you're not going to, because uh, uh, Campo Santo has delayed it um, for uh, well, because they're working the on Valve projects. Yeah, because yeah, Valve suddenly decided they're going to make games again. So, yeah, and they're like, "Ooh, we got fresh meats." Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, this is how you know Campo Santo is a Valve developer now. Yeah, because they put the thing they wanted to work on on hold to work on other stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're working on Half Life Alex, and I think they're also working on a bunch of other stuff for Valve. Hmm. Uh, Dota Underlords and maybe some other stuff as well. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, tech- so I guess Valve isn't technically making games, but Campo Santo is making games for Valve. Well, I don't know. It's, I don't know how that relationship is going to end up working. But there are people within Valve that are working on games. Some, yeah, yeah. At well, least two Gabe- people at Valve are working on games. <laughs> yeah. While well, Gabe Newell uh, sharpens his knife collection. <laughs> mm. They're joke. real shiny now. You just got to make sure they're sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to make of this next one, but apparently there's a new viral game called "I Am yeah. Jesus Christ." Is this like the uh, is this like the "I Am Spartacus" thing? Uh, I don't. Where people know. just start saying up and saying "I am Spartacus." I don't know. It, this is the trailer is out for this thing. Yeah, uh, sure is a thing. Yeah, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, all we see is like first person view of Jesus coming up to people that need help. Then he holds up his hands and his power meter <laughs> drains as he's like doing the thing for them. Yeah, there's like just... I think a person has like who's blind, I guess, and he gives them sight. That kind yeah. of thing. It's like all you see is Jesus in his hands, like doing stuff. Yeah, in first person. Uh, I'm looking at the Steam page. The description is: Become Jesus Christ. The famous man on Earth in this highly realistic simulation game. <laughs> Pray like him, capital him, for getting superpower. Perform famous miracles like him from Bible, like casting demons, healing and feeding people, resurrection and more in, quotes, I am Jesus Christ. So these are not English-speaking people that are doing uh, it. No, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the end of the video where it shows, like, the name, I am Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus in the T-pose as I. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows the available on Steam icon that looks like when you see the, you know, on iOS and Android <laughs> at the end of trailers. Yeah. Uh, and also when they show him getting crucified and, like, looking to the other guys that were also on the crosses, and I'm like, uh okay okay this is the thing you're doing <laughs> this is a game that apparently now exists can you jump Boy off the cross and start slapping people hmm. oh i think God. you use your hands i i, I just i don't know yeah. well so is that song by jewel like the uh theme song for this whole song <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know 
I don't think that was Jewel. Mm. Pretty sure yeah. that was uh, Susan Osborne or whatever her name is. Oh, maybe that God's Hand song or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least we got the the New Age version of the Bible Adventures game. Yeah. Uh, here. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Jesus description. I'm looking at this. I Am Jesus Christ is a realistic simulator game inspired by stories from the New Testament of the Bible. Get into old times and follow the same path of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Uh, that was more than 2,000 years ago. But yeah, sure game is. is covered. Game is covering the period from baptizing of Jesus Christ into resurrection. Have you under what? It, have you ever wondered to be like him, one of the oh. most privileged and powerful people in the world? Oh, privileged? Uh, Maybe not. No. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, you know how this game ends. Yeah, like I was gonna say, it, uh, you know, you know how the story. Remember how the story ends, right? Oh my god! Oh, I need to keep. Well, like I this. said, if you can jump off the cross and start slapping people, then you're onto something. Yeah, then we I got then we got sequel bait. Like, I, crucify this. I might buy this, and when my uh, when my kid doesn't do what he's supposed to, I'm gonna make him play this as punishment. Oh my yeah. god, that's that's evil and brilliant. <laughs> Put it on oh, YouTube. God. Oh, God, this is the same publisher that does that published House Flipper and uh, a bunch of actual games. Yeah, House good. Oh well, so. so then this is probably <laughs> legit. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. Um, let's see more that says here in the description. Check if you can perform all famous miracles from the Bible, like Jesus Christ. It is a simulation game, and you can try to save the world as he did. Are you ready to fight with Satan in the desert? exercising demons and curing sick people or calm the storm in the sea pray like him to get your holy spirit's power and help people around you fight with evil make miracles resurrect dead feel and act like him mm. if you a game lover why not to get to know his past that's past not past his mm. challenges his <laughs> sufferings and his power reach the final stage of resurrection and show the world that you are alive <laughs> Key features, open world. Oh my god, this is open world? That was not oh shown god. in the trailer. Key features, open world, special skills, realistic fight with Satan, over 30 miracles like healing people walking on water, calming storm, feeding people, baptizing, getting super power of Holy Spirit, <laughs> Holy Spirit, praying and increasing of Holy Spirit, crucifixion and resurrection. It's one S in the resurrection. Mm. And much more. Including, including the uh, prostitutes? Because... No prostitutes, no sale. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay tuned. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they are going to make money with this. I, I, I I'm afraid <laughs> really to say it, but they, I, they really are. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, if this is what they what? have to make to like fund their next really oddball okay. simulator, yeah, um, uh, it's so a long time. I think since we've had any kind of uh, religious based. Um, you remember we used to have a whole bunch of games like this back on. PC. Oh yeah, we had Early Bible events. We had uh, Bible Adventures. Well, there was basically one company back then that was putting them all out. Wisdom Tree. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, a, that was and they were all unauthorized too. Hmm. <laughs> well, who the hell's going to authorize them? The Pope? I mean... Well, it's funny too because like so, one of the last games Wisdom Tree put out was a. Uh, it was a Doom clone. Mm -hmm. Where you played Noah on the Ark, and you were basically going around shooting food from a slingshot at animals to get them to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, 
you know, it was a Super NES cartridge, right? And those of you who played a, a SNES know um, that unlike with the Nintendo, uh, it is impossible, virtually impossible, to play an unauthorized Super Nintendo cartridge on a Super Nintendo because, you know, Super, you know, Nintendo got a bit more, you know, a got little a bit, bit more, more sophisticated with their lockout. Yeah. Yeah. So what they figured out was uh, they the cartridge that the game is on. Um, you put it into the uh, you know stick it into the top loader itself, but the top of the cartridge had an additional uh, apparatus where you could like plug plug like an like an authorized Super Nintendo cartridge into it, and it'll actually like bypass the lock or whatever it is that keeps an unauthorized SNES cartridge from being played. Ah. Yeah. yeah, that's how they got around that. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think the game's called Super Noah's Ark 3D, I yeah. think is what it's called. Yeah. yeah, and if you go on Google, yeah, here it is. Here's a picture right here. Mm. Um, mm. Okay, hold on. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's on Steam. I think. Yeah, it is. For some reason, if you actually want to play this game and you don't want to shell out the money for a Super Nintendo version, you can buy it. Yeah, this Steam. is what the uh, cartridge looked like. Yeah, it's very, uh, very much Game Genie like. It's kind of like. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 So that's that's how they got around that. Okay. So uh, I am Jesus Christ coming soon. Um. Okay. You never thought you'd say that, huh? Yeah, that's 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 a sentence I just said. Um, so uh, next up, we got uh, a couple of trailers from Konami for the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Mm, yeah, not a lot to say there. It looks awesome. I, I need to. I need this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you guys see this? Like, what are you looking forward to it, or are you, you know, it's another micro console that you might or might not want to pick up. I don't know. Yeah, it <laughs> seems to be one of the better ones. Yeah. Uh, certainly one of the more expensive ones at a hundred bucks. Oh, really? It's a hundred. Yeah, hundred fifty-seven games. Yeah, and even though it only looks like a Turbo Graphics sixteen, it actually does have Turbo Duo stuff on there. Yeah, cool. So CD stuff and uh, will probably be hackable immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they don't seem to be too bothered by by uh, letting people into these micro consoles. So. Uh, it's like the the Genesis Mini's already hacked. You know, the Neo Geo, the arcade stick that came out recently, has already been hacked. I mean, it's not like they're putting like multiplayer or microtransactions or anything like that. No, they're selling you a finished product, and mm-hmm. whatever you want to do with it, they still got your money. Yeah. Way. Yep. So it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Um, you sell a thing, and then you buy it and you play it. I mean, it's crazy enough to work. <laughs> I just noticed in the trailers they talk about um, multi-tap games. Mm-hmm. So does that mean a multi-tap comes out later? Yeah. Because yeah. let me tell you, five-player gaming on the Turbo Graphics is good times. Yeah. Mm. They had some. Uh, well, they had a bomber man, which was insane. They had several bomber man yeah. games. Yeah. Considering Hudson Soft was like a second party to them. Well, eh, Hudson Soft pretty much made the, the PC engine. 
Yeah, so. I thought that was NEC. Yeah. It was a joint venture between NEC and Hudson. Huh. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we have uh, Tekken news, so I'll let you run us through this, Pat. Yeah, um, this morning was the grand finals for Tekken World Tour. Um, we got basically all of the news regarding what's left of Season 3. Um, Leroy Smith, we already knew about. Um, we got his actual uh, gameplay reveal trailer. Mm-hmm. And then we also found out that Ganryu is going to be coming back on the same day, which is Tuesday, hmm. um, along with the frame data tool, which is going to be really interesting to play with. Hmm. Um, it, it looks to be one of the more um, in-depth um, resources for frame data in fighting games, and so I'm really looking forward to that. And that's all coming out Tuesday. Hmm. Um, you can if you can get it as part of the Season 3 pass, or you can buy it piecemeal. And then we got um, details on the spring um, sort of finale of the season pass, and that is going to be a Muay Thai fighter, a newcomer named Fakumram. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, um, like, they already had a Muay Thai fighter in, in the Tekken series that they could have brought back, so there's going to be some significance as to why they created a newcomer. Mm-hmm. But... Um, other than that, we're um, we're also getting a Thailand stage, and uh, let me tell you, that crowd in Bangkok went wild for both of these. <laughs> so, um, it's definitely worth watching uh, one of the crowd reaction videos. I don't have that in the show notes; I just have the trailers, but it's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Tekken Seven looks like they stuck the landing for season three, and uh, we're probably going to hear about more around Evo time. Yeah, they're going to have to start wrapping some of this stuff up into, like, bundles now, because we've got yeah. three season passes now to, to deal with. Yeah, yeah usually um, Street Fighter Five was really good for creating, like, complete packages um, after every season so that people could get caught up easier. I imagine uh, Namco's going to be doing something similar with Tekken. Yeah, kind of going to have to. So, last couple of stories before we wrap up. Uh, we're going to get 10 world premieres over at uh, the Game Awards coming up sh- shortly. In a couple of uh, weeks, actually. When is that? Yeah, when does the when do those go on? That is a good goddamn question. <laughs> I think Thursday. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that just sneaking suspicion that one of these is probably going to be the next Dragon Age. Because hmm. uh, we haven't paid attention. That's uh, fair. On Bioware's Facebook and Twitter feeds, they've basically it, because it's the 10 year anniversary of uh, Dragon Age Origins, mm. and considering the fact that they're kind of going through the process of sort of soft rebooting Anthem, yeah, uh, they kind of probably are feeling the pressure from EA to put something out there, you know, mm. just to show that you mm. know we're not dead, we're still serious about this, yeah. Yeah, I just hope they don't um, turn Dragon Age into another, you know, type of well. Well, the, I don't game. think they will. Yeah. Um, just let Bioware do what they are good at, which is RPGs. Yeah. And we also heard uh, news that the next Mass Effect game is in early development now. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. Yeah. 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 We also got more reveals coming this week because the PlayStation is doing their State of Play. 
on know, last Tuesday here, basically. Yeah. yeah, but it's an early one. It's six a.m. Pacific, nine a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. <laughs> I assume because there's wow. probably some Japanese stuff in there, and probably because people are thinking the Resident Evil uh, Three remake, remake is going to be announced. Well, that's here. a fucking weird time for Japan too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, probably also for Europe as well. Just trying to find, I don't know, some weird time that makes it so it's not completely fucked in all three regions or anything like that. <laughs> well, if you're Pacific time, then it's six in the morning. So it's like, uh, yeah, you're going to go up really early to get to watch that. Yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's a bit early, but you know, most people are usually up by then. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what's what comes out this this year, and it it kind of makes me think that at this point that the game awards are kind of starting to become, well, the replacement for E three. Really, uh, it's yeah. not really yeah. so much the awards anymore, but all the like stuff that gets debuted there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Hmm. I mean, it's a good way to kind of end the year, announcing a bunch of stuff for the next year. Yeah, uh, that you probably don't announce at E three. Yeah. Because you're mostly talking about stuff that's coming out in the next few months. Yeah. Stuff that wasn't ready to show or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So. Stuff that gets leaked out because mm. of retail shit. Yeah. Because I think also around this time, uh, there have been reports that uh, Minecraft Bedrock Edition is coming to uh, PS4. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I finally got that sorted With out. retail copies like hitting. Uh, are getting to uh, different uh, stores inventories that hmm. says specifically on it like my, uh, Bedrock Edition. Hmm. So yeah, it's uh, really easy to leak things because there's a million things you have to pay attention for that stuff. And yeah, it's really easy to be like, oh shit, we didn't tell these people to shut the fuck up because <laughs> <laughs> they have to put their shit in their own inventory and that can be accessed by other people. And then yeah, there's links in the chain that are able to be just unsupervised in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, so Game Awards, looking forward to it this year. Um, yeah, They're usually fun to watch, even though sometimes the uh, what some of the people say can be amazingly cringeworthy. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that's every award show. Yeah. Nobody can write uh, a normal... Yeah. Normal speech in uh, award shows. Can, can oh. we just have Joseph Ferris uh, show up drunk again? Because <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah, that that that'd be great. Uh, so finally, we'll end up with uh, the PlayStation original uh, launched December third of nineteen ninety four in Japan. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's it's been twenty five years since the PlayStation exists. That's uh, crazy. It, it is kind of crazy. It makes you feel old. Uh, oh, but as you yeah. like look back on it, it's like uh, Sony came into a market that was basically dominated by mm-hmm. Nintendo at that point and then just proceeded to well uh, lay the smack down on their candy asses as it uh, <laughs> turned out. Yeah. They were able to kind of make normal things that... Uh, none of the other media companies could do mm. up to that point as far as like making games on CDs that you know 3DO failed Philips CDI did nothing uh, Sega CD didn't really do anything noteworthy mm. uh, 
and just eventually, eventually just led to Sega's downfall yeah. uh, with that whole thing. And so when he came in, kind of was able to pick up uh, a number of good developers and get the confidence of publishers that would never touch any of that other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting Namco on there, getting Square, uh, Enix, all these other companies that jumped on because they seem to have all their ducks in a row. Yeah. Plus for, uh, you know, for developers and publishers back then, PlayStation was actually a really good deal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sony was very aggressive as far as uh, what their licensing cost uh, because, well, Nintendo was just still Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They owned the the manufacturing process for cartridges, so they yeah. didn't have to necessarily democratize any of that to the to the publishers. Yeah. Uh, and Sony came in, you know, did their homework and knew exactly the things that publishers didn't like about the way Sony and uh, even Sega were doing things. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think kind of for a lot of people back then, it was the first time anybody had ever seen uh, games that looked like they belonged in the arcade, but at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have the, we had Neo Geo, but that was a rich kid's toy. You you couldn't really get one. Oh of those. God, no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. So this was affordable at uh, you know two ninety nine, as Steve Ray said at E three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was that? Uh, it was backed by some pretty decent launch games. Uh, well, here in North America, anyway, we had uh, we had Ridge Racer, we had Tushinden, we had uh, Mortal Kombat three. Uh, Jumping Flash was a launch game. Anyone else was there? Yeah. Was Ray Assault Man? Rigs there? Or did it come across later? Uh, I think Assault Rigs was a bit later. Killik was a launch game. Yeah, Rayman was in there. Yeah. Ridge Racer, Street Fighter the movie, the ultimate game. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. Um, oh, that, that, that was that was not a good game, but it was better than the arcade version. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it actually uh, was. It was a completely different game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that doesn't really mean much for the quality of the game. No, it's like past stepping on a bar that was stepping over a bar that was on the ground. Mm. Yeah. It's like okay, you're 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 good at, better than that, I guess. Yeah, it is uh, better. <laughs> so, uh, but it wasn't the Street Fighter game that people would want at a launch for this. No, no. Mm-hmm. And considering how long it took to actually get a console port of Super Turbo to the PlayStation and Saturn, yeah, yeah that was frustrating. Yeah, uh, that came as part of a, I think it was a Capcom collection. Yep. Yeah. It was Super Street Fighter 2, Super Turbo, and Alpha 2 Gold. Yeah, and it was a pretty decent um, pretty decent port, so. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, what else was there that's uh, significant about the PS1? Well, uh, just... The amount of uh, third-party support that that console was, ended up getting was, was Wipeout there on launch. Uh, Wipeout? T- 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 oh, I think it was the European launch. It was, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was probably like European soon after. Uh, I know it was on that. Um, I know there was a video on that first demo disc, and then an actual demo of the game on the second demo disc. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Both uh, of which I still have. Yeah. We didn't get Wipeout at launch. That came a few months later. Uh, the European uh, launch, though, did have it at launch. So mm-hmm. there was that. Uh, and then there was stuff like, uh, well, Final Fantasy VII, which was, uh, well, it well was done, massive. Man. Let's just put it that way. 
Uh, yeah. 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 It took a little while for them to get like the big heavy hitters that would define the system, but yeah. But then they... once they got it, it just whew, wasn't yeah. even close. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, think about it though. Like, uh, it took maybe three years for that system to really start gaining like momentum. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Right around 1997, I'd say we ended up with games like uh, we had Final Fantasy VII that came out that year. We and had, that was pretty much the system seller. Yeah, uh, I think Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid, Solid. Uh, Metal Gear yeah. Solid was 98. 98. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gran Turismo was 97. Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. was 97. Uh, crap, there was a few others that were that year too, but uh, off the top of my head, I hey, can't. Tekken three. Tekken three. Yeah. Tekken three. Uh, okay, Solid. Uh, all Crash the other Bandicoot. games in that Eiffel 65 song that I'm having trouble remembering <laughs> right now. God damn. Oh, Omega no. Boost. Yeah. I don't know if that was 97, but that was a, was a great game. Polyphony Digital. I really wish they'd re- return to that because that was amazing. Maybe I'm one of the only people that actually likes that game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the Sony came out to uh, the PlayStation 25 years ago. Uh, and... for those first few generations of hardware iteration were not brilliant for the PS1. Mm-hmm. The, the failure rate was pretty spectacular for a while. Yeah, well, they were new to the, the game, so... Yeah. Yeah, they had some teething pains, for sure. Yeah. Remember the first uh, few uh, iterations of the PS1 where you'd have to, like, uh, like flip the PS1 over <laughs> upside uh, down yes. to be able to read discs? Yeah. Yeah. It, it took me four systems to get one that I didn't have to do that on sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually they changed how that was constructed and then uh, with further hardware revisions that didn't become a problem anymore. Uh, they never implemented a fan in that in that system, which was um, the problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And then they made it smaller with the PS1, and uh, those uh, were actually really solid. Yeah, I was they still were. Mine. Yeah. So, yeah. With the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I need one of those. And uh, one of the nice things they did with the... They could sort of were not shy about up, updating the controller. Yeah. Because uh, they had the, the dual stick uh, controller. Then they went for adding Rumble in there with the dual shock, mm-hmm. uh, which was a big deal, and especially because it essentially set the standard for what future controllers should be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, the design after the dual shock has remained pretty much the same uh, since from yep. generation to generation. So they haven't really changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. And. Kind of just saying, like, hey, we can do two sticks, and that's kind of where things should be. Even though it took until the PS2 for people to really uh, kind of wrap their heads around having the you know one stick for movement, one stick for camera kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that took until the PS2. Cause early on, it was just a lot of, you know, the, the Ape Escape stuff where you're, you know, using left stick for movement, right stick for action stuff. Yeah. Uh, which was still really cool for that time. Uh, but yeah, the the one issue, like going back to those games, like oh yeah, the camera, you kind of have to keep just like zeroing it back to your uh, where you need it to when every once in a while. Yeah. Because you occasionally just lose track of what you're aiming at. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like people don't really give the the DualShock the the credit for kind of setting those standards. 
mm-hmm. especially because at that point with like the N64, those are all packs you had to have. Yeah. It was not built in to have rumble. Yeah. Uh, and you also had to share it with the same places where you put in your memory cards, mm. uh, sort of stuff. Same with the, the, the dreamcast kind of thing. Mm. Uh, Whereas them sort of building it in sort of at least made it so that when the GameCube and uh, Xbox came around, like those are also built in uh, for the most part. And uh, yeah, like controllers now, I think that those are real good just because of things that have, were made standards at the, the PS1. Uh, now it's just further of just refining things for the most part. I don't know if there's necessarily any uh, real options for making huge changes or anything. No. Uh, I think as far as yeah, ergonomics, the, I mean, we've kind of settled on either the the asymmetrical stick layout or the, you know, symmetrical stick layout. And both of them work yeah. for different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just more or less like size of controller. That's the, the thing that works better or worse for people. Mm. Uh, even build quality is for the most part better than it was back then. Yes. Yeah, even Sony's own DualShocks were, uh, well, at least those early ones were a little bit uh, spongy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> but they sorted that out pretty quickly afterwards. And DualShock 2 was, I think, probably one of my favorite controllers. And then DualShock 3 was exactly the same, so <laughs> it was one of my favorite controllers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice and wireless, too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's the uh, the Sony PlayStation uh, memories. I'm looking over at the closet where I have three of them. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I ended up getting rid of mine after getting a PS2. It's so like I don't really need this anymore. <laughs> uh, somehow they 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 end up coming back. I don't know how that happens, but uh, usually it involves eBay. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, all right. So with that, uh, I think we'll wrap up the show for this week. Uh, I'll remind everybody to uh, check out smashpad.com if you haven't. Uh, we've got some good stuff up there. Pokemon yeah, my re- my uh, stranding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my reviews up there. And uh, I think exactly. my fingers nearly fell off after I finished writing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. All right. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can uh, do so at uh, anchor.fm slash dayzeroupdate. Uh, just hit the link, choose your uh, pa- platform of choice, and uh, yeah, get your get our episodes delivered right to you. So for Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Logie, and Teresa Sammons, I'm Felipe Odinolfo, and we'll see you next week.